Take a deep breath, take the higher road That's what they always say, as if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself, it's life ain't just a dream You make your own, so kick and scream The people will like with a never-ending force You never had the chance, so what you waiting for? The day has come, my friend, cause this is war Nurses Out Loud Talk Radio with Nurse Michelle. Um, as we all know, we have heard nothing but the word mandates since the 2020 COVID era. And you would like to believe that the world was normal before COVID-19 came onto the scene. But for those of us that are out there in the medical profession, we are aware that long before covid there were other mandates upon medical professionals. And if you're not a medical professional, you may not be aware of this, but for those of you that are new nurses that are out there listening to Nurses Out Loud, this is something that you're going to face as well. And that is the mandate specifically around the flu vaccine. And it's all ramping up right now. And they're eager to tell us how you can just come right in and get yourself a combo shot of the COVID-19 vaccine and the flu vaccine And if you even want a more supercharged vaccine, you can come in and get the COVID flu RSV vaccine. Yes, that is available right now. And um, it is being advertised to the American public and being encouraged for the older people that are out in the audience to get their combo. So um, if you're listening to America Out Loud news at any time, you are aware that that would probably be not in your best interest to do that. And you've been following Nurses Out Loud and you've heard about the um, horrible outcomes that a lot of people have had following just the COVID-19 vaccine. And because we've talked so much about the COVID-19 vaccine, you may think, you know, everything else is fine. And if you've heard this conversation continuing, you would know that in the community of the medical world, it's not uncommon for medical professionals to attack, let's say, somebody like Nurse Michelle and say, for goodness sakes, Nurse Michelle, didn't you get all the other vaccines as a child and don't you get your other, your kids vaccinated? So what's your problem with this vaccine, Nurse Michelle? So that's a way of, you know, trying to attack those of us who they want to label as anti-vaxxers. But, you know, they're surprised when they get to hear that actually no, none of my grandchildren are vaccinated with any vaccine because I'm well informed and try to make sure my kids are informed. And yes, though my kids were vaccinated, they did not get the majority of vaccines. I did space them out differently. And um, I often ask them a simple question. Do you know there is a federal vaccine court by chance? Do you happen to know that snarky medical professional? And they usually are caught off guard because the majority do not even know that exists. And then I follow it with saying, well, my vaccine injured daughter has been in the federal vaccine court for seven years, and it usually takes about 10 years to lose. So being that you didn't know anything about that, I'm going to assume that's where you're coming from a place of ignorance. So um, today I have a guest with me that is also a nurse, Nurse Heather, and she's actually been a nurse for 20 years. And she's going to tell us her journey that is actually 10 years old of a injury that happened to her with a flu vaccine. 
And we're going to talk about um, how this nurse was changed by that and, you know, what went into um, how that came to be and wanting you all to know that long before there were COVID vaccine injuries, there were injuries by every single vaccine that is on the childhood schedule. There is a reason why there is a vaccine adverse event reporting system. It's because there are adverse events that occur with all the vaccines. And just because you don't think it happened to any of your children and they appear to be perfectly fine following all their childhood vaccines, does not necessarily mean one that it's true because perhaps the couple of diagnoses your kids have that maybe autoimmune disorders, that maybe they're asthmatics, maybe they have eczema, maybe they have some other kind of disorder with their GI tract, whatever it might be, perhaps they would not actually have that disorder had they not gotten one of the vaccines that has that particular disorder on the adverse reactions listed. And sadly, a lot of parents um, are not informed about that. And sadly, most of pediatricians aren't even telling them about the risks of certain diagnoses coming out when basically your child could just get chickenpox. And instead of having an adverse reaction to the chickenpox vaccine, which is quite severe because my daughter had a severe reaction to the chickenpox vaccine, she could have just gotten chickenpox and had a perfectly fine um, week of sickness that we would have taken care of her just fine. And she would have amazing immunity today, just like all of our grandparents and great grandparents and everyone that went before us that lived to make sure that you were born alive as well. So today I'm welcoming Heather, Nurse Heather. So thank you for coming on, Heather. And we are anxious to hear about what happened to you even 10 years ago and how this all started. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about your medical history and how you came to be a nurse. Thank you, Michelle. Um, my name is Heather, and uh, I will get started um, just with my medical history because that was more to, as, as a child. Um, I have a congenital heart defect um, called Tetralogy of Fallot. I did have the repair. Um, and even to this day, um, I'm, in, I'm in my 40s. I'm do, doing very well with the, with the repair. I also had bacterial meningitis when I was two. As a result of that, um, seized a lot and then later diagnosed with epilepsy. So I lived with that throughout my entire childhood. Um, I had primarily I had what's called complex partial seizures or pedimol seizures at the time um, and had them pretty frequently. And even more so had a lot of problems with the, the side effects from the medicines and had to switch that a lot. Um, but eventually they, the surgery was fairly new. Um, and I had the surgery for that it will be 30 years, uh, this year and have never had one since and have been off meds not long after. So that's, complete success. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Um, when she yeah. told me that she had had a <laughs> epilepsy surgery, I have a daughter with epilepsy, so I was completely mm -hmm. caught off guard by that, that there had been a successful mm -hmm. surgery. And she's telling me that 30 years ago she had it. So, <clears throat> so you were about 10 years old when that happened to you, you had the surgery. I was 16. I wanted to drive. Okay. So you were 16 years old and yes. why don't you tell us a little bit about that. So people that are listening that may have kids with seizures, what do you have to go through to, to qualify for that surgery? Um, well, this, again, this is mine was 30 years ago. I know, um, I don't understand, know exactly where they are now and what they're doing today, but I know that at the time, and I would, I would assume it's still today that they have to first and foremost, locate exactly where the seizures are coming from. And that being said, 
I had to stay, um, get admitted, um, EEG monitoring at all times and actually took me off the meds because they wanted me to see so that when I see, they're, they're able to try to locate where they were coming from. And this was all in the hospital. Um, and then they were almost certain at that time, but they wanted to go even deeper. So I had to go um, in the OR and they had to go do internal EEG monitoring. Um, not to sound too graphic, but they had to put like this metal halo and I had to be awake because after they would like drill to put in the internal EEG monitoring, they had to ask me questions after each time. They did four, I did the four, uh, four on each, you know, corners each side. And when you're saying um, drill, you mean they had to put a halo around your head and drill literally into your brain? Correct. Yes. For the internal EEG monitoring 30 years ago. I don't know how they do it today. But this wow. was 30 years ago. Um, and so I have, you know, two in the front, two in the back. Uh, so after, after each one, of course they, you know, numbed it and all that. The pressure was just, you know, I remember the pressure from it was just agonizing, but they did, they, they did it. And they would ask me questions like how many fingers am I holding up? Those kind of things to make sure I would answer appropriately after each time. Right. Um, and they also did what's called a WADA test, if I remember correctly, that kind of determines with your speech and memory, um, all these kind of things, just neurological testing that they do prior to the determine to determine if you're a candidate for the surgery so they did all of that and then i had to stay another couple of weeks they wanted me to cease um with the internal egs to try to locate and they and i did um and they they located the scar tissue from the bacterial meningitis removed the scar tissue from the, in the surgery and i've never had one since so so you're saying that the bacterial meningitis is likely the the um cause of the epilepsy that's and that's what I've been told my whole life because that's when it wow. started after the meningitis. Yes. Yes. And and my daughter's epilepsy started after she had the chickenpox vaccine, which is of okay. course a virus. It's a live mm-hmm. chickenpox vaccine is a live virus, yes. uh, a live attenuated vaccine. Yes. So they put that into the and people do know that you can one of the rare side effects of the chickenpox vaccine is actually getting chickenpox in your brain. Um, but she did not get that, but yet it still did cross the blood brain barrier and she mm-hmm. did have a you know, severe neurological impact because of that. So that's just profound. And it, I guess bacterial meningitis is probably not uncommon to see in people who have such rare heart disorders and have the surgery. You said you had yours fixed, mm-hmm. correct? I did. They wanted to do it actually when I was two, but that the meningitis that always clearly hindered that. And so I did, they did the repair when I was three after I had the, you know, recovered from the meningitis. And for um, those that are out there listening, you heard her say, you know, there's all these extensive testing. So if you're out there and you're an epileptic, it's a neurosurgeon that was involved in this. And she correct. was having, you know, a lot of hospitalization being watched 24 seven on EEGs in what's called a, um, the gold standard of EEGs where they're basically watching you with cameras 24 mm-hmm. seven and um, mm-hmm. watching your uh, to see how many seizures you're having. And then she had to go even further and have an internal EEG. And the benefit mm-hmm. of all that trauma for you is that you actually have been seizure-free since. Ever, ever since. And um, yes, yeah, so it'll be 30 years next month. <laughs> oh, uh, yes. No surprise that somebody who has a medical history like this, it's no surprise that you ended up in the medical career. So tell us about <laughs> that, how you came to be a nurse. Well, and that would be clearly, you know, why? Because my pretty much most of my childhood was in the hospital, so or a lot of it was. Um, 
and and that 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 was kind of you know where I was focused and what I wanted to do, and I was able to do that, and I did. I uh, worked um, as a nurse for about ten years, and I did um, pediatrics, and then I actually went, I actually kind of went on the IT side of things uh, at the the last few years as a nurse that I was when I was working, and now I'm home with my my babies. <laughs> Okay, so when you're working as a nurse, you're probably like so many other nurses, graduated nursing school. Far as you knew, as far as vaccines were concerned, it was something that everybody should get. And mm-hmm. and um, we were taught, this is the vaccine schedule. Make sure your patients are up to date on their vaccines and vaccines save lives. And thank mm-hmm. goodness for vaccines. And that's about the extent of it. And they stimulate immunity to said vaccine. That's about the scope of what nurses and doctors are taught. And then we get a, a nice lesson in immunology in general, but not specific about the specific vaccines. So when you present to yourself as your career, how soon did the flu vaccine start being a part of your experience? Um, I mean, it was starting to be pushed, I would say, within the, my last four five years of practicing, but it wasn't mandated yet. So you so did man- not get a request from your cardiologist all those years as a cardiac patient to have a flu vaccine? N- no, just, you know, recommended, you know, it's like any, any doctor's appointment you kind of go to. Have you had this yet? Have you had it yet? You know, but that was kind of the, the extent of it. Okay. Otherwise, no. Uh-uh. All right. So tell us how it went for you as a nurse practicing and how mandates started becoming part of your life. Uh, well, I mean, it was kind of, you know, for, I mean, most of us across the board in, in terms of the flu shot was starting to be mandated. Uh, I would, you know, so what, in early 2010, maybe, or a little bit before, I can't remember offhand, but, um, and okay. when it became mandated, um, you know, uh, it, it's again, I, I just wasn't, I didn't know a lot of from what I know now about, you know, some things. So I just never reacted well with it. And I had gotten it even before. And then I just, I didn't get it for several years. And it, again, it wasn't mandated. It was highly encouraged. You know, we heard about it a lot, but it was not mandated. When it became mandated the first year, I just, again, went with the flow and I got it. And didn't do I didn't do very well but I you know it wasn't near as bad as the last time um but I did because of that though I'm just trying to be very careful because to me and I learned clearly very early in life that you know health is wealth and without our health really nothing else matters and you knew that um, better than anybody with your medical history already yes absolutely and and it's not even just much you know it's, it's you know, yes, we have our health and yes, we're alive, but what quality of health do we have right now? And that is, that is vital is our quality of health. Right. So when that gets affected, you know, then so much gets, goes, goes with it. So anyway, um, I, uh, so the mandates came and so I asked, I, I got an exemption from one of my doctors early on that, that year, we almost it would be 10 years this year. Um, and I got and so I got a response pretty quickly that they were not going to accept that exemption. I was like, okay, I don't understand. <laughs> just, you know, I, I can't just, I mean, my doctor knows me, so I would think that that should be accepted. But anyway, so I, I had already had an appointment for a follow-up with um, my cardiologist anyway, just for that year, like I always did. And I mentioned to her about it and uh, she wrote me a medical exemption. And 
Um, so I, she wrote my medical exemption and I was trying to be as proactive as I could be to know, or, you know, is this going to be accepted? What's going to, what's going to go forward if, you know, if I don't and all this kind of stuff. So I, I gave my exemption, um, like mid October and November, it was like mid November when we, the, you know, exemptions had to be turned in, turned in. And I was told that very last day that they were not going to accept her, my cardiology exemption either. Um, mm. and I, and I had, I just had a few hours to decide if I'm going to get it or not. Um, mm. so that think about is, that. If the audience that's listening here, here we have a nurse with a significant cardiac history, a significant epilepsy history. She is not your average American with basically no medical history that may have just had um, a broken arm when you were 15 years old in a car wreck or something. We're talking about somebody who has significant medical history with cardiologists that's been working with her all of her life because she was born with a rare congenital heart disease that required surgery for her to continue being here. And her life was extended by that surgery. And that cardiologist, not, not necessarily that cardiologist, but the cardiologist that maintains that congenital heart disease patient wrote a medical exemption for a medical provider and somebody inside the hospital who is some kind of authority that's been put in place usurps that and tells the nurse that, sorry, we reject that. And they they wait till the last day that the uh the mandate was required and here she is mm -hmm. under pressure. So did you feel like immediately you went under pressure, like maybe mm -hmm. peer pressure and what was that like? Well, and I was just trying to, then I was questioning like, okay, is there something more about the benefits of the flu that I'm just missing that why I really need it and why they're not accepting this? I, I was, I, my mind was just kind of going in so many directions and just, yeah, I'm I'm very I'm a very analytical person anyway. So I was just trying to analyze why. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why and 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 now what? What what if I don't? And um but at, again at the And time, what was the I, answer to what if you don't? What if you do not? I I didn't even ask. I kinda already I mean, I just assumed I knew what the answer was. I didn't because I, I mean I, I I know some people the year before that, but well, basically, I don't know if the, either I had to wear the mask the entire um, year. I mean, I guess year up until the spring, which that mm. was another thing. I, I clearly, yeah, was not the two. Um, I, I, I honestly, I don't know because I didn't really get into in that further discussion. I was just so caught off guard with the few hours I had to make a decision, not knowing. And I was, I'm just not the type to really, uh, you know, speak uh back at the time I, I guess I'm a little right? more now so, yeah no I'm not so here's the um, authority I, saying to you no your actual medical professional mm -hmm. we reject what they said to you and it was sufficient enough to make you feel like you had to submit to getting that vaccine correct pretty much pretty much yeah and I gave in which you know that's my consequence I gave in okay um had the reactions that reaction that list can you know from just, I mean, the worst headaches ever in my probably life. And then just mm. couldn't hold anything down. And then just, I guess the muscle tone, the low muscle tone was like one of the scariest things because no matter, how, I'm a very optimistic person, <laughs> no matter how hard I try, it's like, you just couldn't get any strength to do just, it, it was, 
it was it was scary. I've never honestly. I tell people sometimes what happened within that short that those first couple few weeks. It was like almost worse than my entire childhood history combined, except for the seizures themselves. Well, that is saying um, a lot for your medical history. Except for the seizures themselves, but yeah, it, it was. Um, it was. It was. It's not something I would ever do again, and, and that's why the going moving forward to the following year, I I actually I gave my notice that. I, I, and I, at the time, I was just, I'm just giving my notice. I'm going to go do, do something else. And, you know, and it kind of surprised people. And eventually I just told the truth. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing it again. I'm not going through this again. So right. I can't. And I'm and not going it, to. Is it fair to say that you assumed very likely that if this workplace was, was going to force me to get vaccinated with the flu vaccine, probably every job that I want to get as a nurse is going to do the same thing? Absolutely, because I re- I have already been following other, you know, um, groups that were going through very similar situations, um, the, the mandates to this. And it was just not something that I wanted to spend any more time on at the time because I just wanted to get the quality of my health back. Um, yes. And, and that is the ultimate that I'm just to this day very grateful for that one I've been able to because not a lot of people are not able to and, or they really struggle to. And, and I did struggle for a time. But I'm just very grateful to be in the quality. I mean, I still have challenges, um, especially even more autoimmune than anything that I never did before. Um, but other than that, I mean, I'm just very grateful I've been able to regain a lot of quality because um, that says a lot. <laughs> now, there is a website called openvares.com uh, and they collect mm-hmm. all the data that the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System has and long before the COVID-19 vaccine came out, medical professionals on an annual basis were having severe adverse reactions like what you had happened to you. Mm -hmm. And and of course, some died from the flu vaccine and some were paralyzed from the flu vaccine and others suffered severely from the flu vaccine. And yet, even though that is documented on the federal collection site, that collection site is known to only actually gather 1% of the actual amount of injuries. So let me ask you Mm -hmm. this. When that happened to you, did you even Mm -hmm. know what VAERS was, the Vaccine Adverse Event Report? At the time, no, not until after. I mean, within like a a year after. And then not immediately. When you realized, okay, I'm one of those adverse events, what did you think about as far as um, reporting it and getting litigation? Um. Again, at, at, I had also had learned the um, the no immunity, um, and so I just had learned so much of that. And again, I was still just trying to regain my health, so I I did not go that route at the time. And now it's you know even late, but I just did not go that route because it almost seemed so like they're not going to do anything. And so many people are losing these cases after years and years and years. And at that point, I was like, I don't even quite honestly, none of us technically none of us know what. Or, or, you know, time span of life is, but my quality of life, I just didn't know. And I didn't want to spend any further at the time fighting it because I, if they if they don't acknowledge it and they, it, it's not even respected what's happened. I, I didn't do anything at the time. Yeah. So if you hear what she's saying, this is so relevant. If you hear the stories of the parents who have children like myself, who were vaccine injured, it I'm not the patient. My child is the patient. So that means that the non-sick person can actually become a bear and a problem for the medical community and start pursuing wellness for that child. And mothers who have severely vaccine injured children 
their lives are literally inundated with med- the medical community pursuing help for their vaccine injured children. And I try to help educate people to understand that there are three ways that a anti-vaxxer are made. They either had a child injured, permanently handicapped, or dead following a childhood vaccine, or you're one of the people who are lucky enough to have known somebody that was true for, so you are aware that injuries exist, so you have become well-read. And thankfully, young there's a lot of young mothers coming up today that are reading more before they get the vaccine. They're getting messages from stuff people like ourselves, Nurses Out Loud, who are saying, are you reading more about your crib and your car seat than you are about the um, contents of the injection that your baby is getting at two months old? And the answer is yes, most of the time, most people are reading more about other things than they are about their childhood vaccines. So we want parents to be better informed and recognize that every single medical procedure that comes at you, no matter what, if it comes out of a needle and there's a liquid in it, then you have a risk of some kind of adverse reaction happening to you. And it may come as a surprise to a lot of people that when you think about trials like vaccine trials, that the, you would assume that when they do trials, there's always a group of children who are going to get a placebo. But in reality, that if you actually look at the list of all the drugs that are available for ch- children for the childhood vaccines, the truth is that the children in the trials who were the placebo group did not get an inert agent like a, um, oh goodness, um, like a placebo saline. This is what you assume it's going to be. It's going to be saline. They're getting nothing but an inert agent. But in reality, all of the childhood trials, except for the rotavirus trial, did not use an inert agent. They actually used um another vaccine. So like if you were studying the chickenpox vaccine during that trial, the placebo group actually got, let's say the meningitis vaccine. And then this very short trial is over. And at the end of that trial, all of the people that are in the placebo group, all the children are given the trial drug, which is the chickenpox vaccine, let's just say. So that means that there is never a long-term study to show that the children who were the placebo group never got a vaccine so that we could actually compare the placebo group against Mm -hmm. the children who got the actual vaccine long-term who got diagnosed with autoimmune diseases over the course of their lifetime versus who did not. Now there are doctors that have now done placebo controlled trials, um, not placebo control. Yes, they have done that, but they also have done a comparison analysis studies comparing the unvaccinated to the vaccinated children. And you Mm -hmm. would be amazed at how much censorship those doctors have gotten for daring to actually have a control group that actually is. So for those out there that are not vaccinated, like my grandchildren, um, those people are truly the control group for our country. Those children are the ones who, looking throughout their lives, we could actually say who got less disease diagnoses over the course of their lifetime, the ones who got all their childhood recommended vaccines or the ones who got nothing. So when we come back, we're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this, but we're also going to talk about solutions that she has found for pursuing wellness and how this nurse, Heather, has changed her life and the way she raises her family because of what happened to her. So in just a moment, we'll be right back. It's time and this is 
the Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Nurses Out Loud. We just finished off with Nurse Heather telling her story of her extensive medical history and a girl who became a nurse. 
naturally because she was so aware of the medical profession by having to be in it so much. And then as a nurse, being a person that was mandated to get a vaccine, even had a cardiologist say that she did not need to have that va- that flu vaccine 10 years ago. And this medical facility said, oh, no, we reject that medical exemption from your cardiologist because we're so much smarter than your cardiologist about your medical care. And sadly, Heather, like so many other nurses, um, for whatever reason, we must be bent toward wanting to comply and not rock the boat. But nurses, you are patient advocates above all. So learn this lesson here that if you cannot advocate for yourself, what makes you think you're going to advocate for a patient when a doctor comes in and makes some stupid thing that you know is stupid? And maybe you know that doctor's struggling with alcoholism and maybe that doctor didn't get any sleep for the last three days and you know that something was off about that and you need to advocate for your patient. You've got to have the fortitude to be able to advocate and fight for that patient's um, health and safety. And when you get faced with these kind of mandates, if you feel like you don't even know how to fight for your own right to get To say no, what do you think you're going to be able to do when it comes for the fight? Okay, so it's not like it's not a slant on us because all of us are maybe prone to being compliant. And when it comes to bodily autonomy, we need to start rethinking that. And coming back to Heather, um, I wanted to make sure we said this before we go on, that the extent of your suffering, Heather, that you actually went through was not a minor deal. And people need to hear that, that your actual life was impaired because of this flu shot. So why don't you tell us about how that suffering went from severe and then how it was longer lasting? Um, yes. Yeah, so I would say within a few days um, after, uh, there's just, it's just a combination of so many things. So it's not just one specific thing that happened, but other than just, you know, the headaches, the pressure was so tremendous, um, just throwing up and I got so weak, very low muscle tone, just a lot of these things. And it just lasted for a couple of weeks. And I just, I just, you know, and I was trying to do everything to just, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get through this. I'm going to, you know, um, and it was, it was, a, it was a big challenge, very big challenge. And then as time went on, I started to, you know, slowly get, slowly get a little bit of strength back. Um, struggle with the muscle tone a little bit and then the headaches those kind of things but it the duration of all that especially just the energy for a day I just had to you know do a lot of resting intervals throughout the day for I mean quite frankly a little over a year I mean it, it was um it was very challenging and I ultimately just made the decision that the following year I'm not doing this again I'm not even going to go through this again you clearly made it understood that you're not going to accept an exemption. So I just gave my notice and I got out of the, um, got out of healthcare profession at the time. Before you did, you had already had cardiac decline that your cardiologist noticed post that flu vaccine. You had some skin things change. You you're, you yes. said to, to, you told me that you also had been historically always a low blood pressure person and, mm-hmm. he, and all of a sudden you started having hypertension, right? Uh, my blood pressure went up higher than, you know, than before that I'm, you know, aware of all my history. Um, and your quality of life in general was altered. It it was very much altered because I just didn't have strength to do literally anything except just, I managed, I went to work and went home and just kind of rested and I managed what I could. Um, and I had, um, a very, a small, but amazing support group. 
um, to help. And that was, that was, that was at the time. And I was just, it was just more of like, there was just so many unknowns, so many unknowns at that point. Um, because I was still confused as to, you know, did this really need to happen in the first place? Right. Um, did I have to go through this suffering just so that I got this flu vaccine? Mm-hmm. And and something that she mentioned to me um, off air that we both relate on is that this is a woman who knows what it is to lose the quality of life because this mm-hmm. is a person who's had major cardiac, major epilepsy, uh, major surgeries in her childhood. She knows what it was like to lose quality of life. So when she says that she had a year and a half of altered health, she knows what the face of altered health looks like and feels like and how handicapping it is and how mm-hmm. it changes your access to the wonderful things of life that you want to do. And I relate to her on that because um, I've had a long history of medical conditions and I have experienced about five or seven years of really great health, doing really well. This year was a wonderful, healthy year. I went vegan and all of a sudden I go on a canoeing trip and I break a hip and I'm back in the face of the medical community. And I'm like, oh my goodness, not again. I don't want to be medical community dependent. And for those of you that are out there who have been blessed with no medical issues all your life, please understand and and try to have sympathy for those of us that are out there that do have medical conditions and that when a little bump in the road, like a broken hip and I'm suddenly on a walker, it changes my quality of life in every single way. There is Mm -hmm. nothing I can do the same right now. I cannot walk the same. I cannot even turn left or right in my body without risking falling. And it is very disturbing. And here she was trying to practice as a nurse just because she gets a flu shot. And all of a sudden she's got cardiac decline, bodily energy issues, which says something at the mitochondrial level is going on. She has skin changes and it makes her leave the profession. That that's a really big deal. Mm-hmm. We're talking about nurses that we need in the profession leaving. Why? Because somebody said you had to have it and your health was impaired because of it. So I, I, I know you have opinions about the fact that there was no real good information for you as far as giving you good consent. What would you like to say about that? Um, well, informed consent. And, and ultimately, that's the biggest thing about all of this is informed consent. And every single one of us deserve informed consent on all aspects on all sides and and it should be under and then people have the choice and that you know and that's i mean that and that should be respected and so the fact that we're where we are now that you know it's almost like we don't have a choice or as we have a choice that's with you know those other consequences i mean i, I i'm just I'm, I'm i'm trying to get into the comprehension about it but I just, yes, I mean, just very much for informed consent and um, regardless of which side, you know, of any, of any medical procedure that anyone's on for any medical procedure, everyone deserves informed consent and your decision is respected and understood. And after your discussion with your providers. Oh yeah. I mean, even as a hip recovering patient, I, I was given nothing at my two week checkup to say These are the limitations and ideas that we should say when they took off my um, Tegaderm bandage to expose the the three little holes that they drilled the screws Mm -hmm. into. um, I was very conscientious as a nurse saying, "Okay, you uncover it. You look and see what you got to do. And I want this thing covered up fast. They did not. They were not going to put another Tegaderm dressing back on my um, wound, but at the same time said that we really don't want moisture on this thing. I'm like, okay, well, give me a Tegaderm dressing. And so I went home with several of them and purchased several of them. 
my point is, is that everybody who's listening, do not assume that if you were not told something that you do not need to read something, because right now we have a failure in the informed consent category. We are not getting enough information. We are not educating our patients and nurses are supposed to be patient educators. We need to be educating our patients. We want patients to go home knowledgeable. We want them to have a good recovery. We do not want them to have complications. Mm -hmm. Maybe the medical community as we have it now actually doesn't mind that you come back with medical complications because if I have a complication, somebody else is going to make more money because I'm going to be coming into the medical community. I don't Mm want to lose any more money. (laughs) Well, and the other thing is there's so many policies and procedures and it's, and it's, there's a lot of, you know, one, two, three ABCs, and rather, there's so much uniqueness in every patient that, you know, what does this patient need and what does this patient need may be different for the same, for the same, you know, diagnosis. So So valid, so valid. yeah, Yeah. Yeah, so we both got on a journey of wellness because of this, because yes. we woke up to nobody's coming for you. And there's a, a message I got given that I love telling people about. And I was told during a business meeting one time, they said, go to your front door. And everybody had to get up with their phones and walk to their front door. And they said, open your front door. <laughs> and so we did. And they said, who is at your front door? And of course, you know, nobody actually was there. And we said, um, nobody. And they said, that's right. <laughs> nobody's coming to help you, Michelle. Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming to help you. There's nobody going to pay your bills for you. There's nobody going to help you lose that weight. There's nobody going to help you feel better and get well and have more energy or whatever, fill in the blank. It's not coming. It's literally up to you to do it. So for me, it was, what are the things I can do to pursue wellness? Because the last thing I want is to have any interaction with the medical community again. So what did you do? What did your journey toward wellness start looking like after the failing of the medical community for you? Um, well, the, the first, let's just say term that I learned um, to try to get better was detox. Um, but by the time I had learned that I was married and then got pregnant. So I was not able to, you know, kind of detox as much as I had, you know, kind of wanted to. Um, and I didn't, I did not up until much later because now I have two, two little ones. Um, so detoxing, if, I mean, if, if, if people are receiving or have received and choose to detox there, um, from what I've, you know, researched, there are different ways that, you know, you, that that's possibility. So that's out there as well as, you know, food is medicine too. And what we put in our body can really, you know, benefit a lot and help a lot. So that is vital. Our perspective on life, our perspective on everything is just as vital with the stress it puts on our body. Um, I mean, and, and, but the ultimate, and then I've, you know, uh, just have learned a lot of other things and the rest and just, you know, de-stress, those kind of things. But ultimately I was introduced to this product called ASEA and redox signaling molecules. Um, basically it's, cellular communication our cells communicating that as whether we have whether our health is compromised or as we get older they do not communicate as well um and so we we need that communication for ourselves in order for them to um do what they're supposed to do and and ultimately for our health to be um how the quality that we want it to be uh so i was introduced to asia and I have been on this like for four years and it has been like the, the game changer of everything um, and, and just as well as doing everything else. But this has been the biggest game changer because it's so did important you, that 
if our cells aren't communicating, <laughs> what else right. is going to matter? <laughs> did you tell me that it was your midwife that actually introduced Correct. you to it? And so did you yeah. take it through your pregnancy? My with- second, I did not. I didn't. I was not aware of it. My first, but my second, I did. Yes. Yeah. So people may not uh-huh. realize that for, first of all, ASEA is in the uh, America out loud dot shop. It's one of the, it's our sponsor mm-hmm. for nurses out loud. And Mm -hmm. you can get it there. But what people may not realize is that it's safe during pregnancy. It's safe at all times because it is something that is native to your body. And I was told by a midwife friend of mine that, um, yes, they actually put, they have people actually rub it on the gel, the Renew 28 uh, Sia gel on their abdomen Mm -hmm. to stop stretch marks from happening. Did you do that? I did not do that because I was, I was not there at the time. I was, it was still new to me and my son, you know, is three and a half. So I was not doing that at the time. I was just more introduced to the, the, the liquid at the time. I had to gel for other reasons, but I didn't just really kind of go with that at the time. So no, not then, but I, I, if I was pregnant today, yes, I would. So um, you took but, the liquid, you drank the liquid throughout your yes. pregnancy. Did she increase yes. your dosage of how much you took because of pregnancy? Um, I'm trying to, I don't even recall, to be honest with you. It was, uh, I don't recall. Be honest with you, no. Okay. Because I, I had, I had, I mean, my pregnancies, I had smooth pregnancies, thankfully. I had beautiful pregnancies and deliveries. Amazing. Um, with your medical yeah. history. Yes, I did. Um, And that much I, I can, and, and, you know, very short labor and just beautiful, just beautiful. So I, I didn't really have a lot of just, you know, in that regards concerns. So I was just more like, okay, how's everything else going? But, but no, um, but it's just, but in terms of like, what all's happened in my last, what my, my life has been like the last 10 years. Um, it, it has just, I just, I just, I'm so grateful to have regained a lot of quality that, I mean, you know, from what I've, you know, researched other people, not many people are, has been as fortunate to regain a lot of, you know, quality back from, you know, injuries. So, Oh yeah. We have I'm, millions I'm of COVID-19 vaccine injured people right now. And we have millions of people who did not get early treatment for COVID and are dealing with long haul mm-hmm. syndrome. So, I mean, mm-hmm. people need the redox cell signaling molecules from ASEA actually can of- officially turn on your internal doctor that you already have that can actually go after what mm-hmm. is going on inside your body. What, right. you know, you're, you don't maybe know, maybe, you know, okay, my joints hurt or I'm having this problem with this particular area of my body, but these molecules are actually going to go to where the problem is as well and do what is needed inside your body without having to take a pharmaceutical product. Now, do you give it to your children? Um, they, my, my little girl takes it cause she sees me take it because it's native. So they, they're, it's safe for them too. She calls it the blue water. Oh, blue water. wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I have used the topical, uh, even used it pretty frequently on my son, um, for some challenges with him. So, and again, while we're on this topic with the CIA, I'll, I'll say this, I'll make a disclaimer. We're not here with the CIA, not making any medical um, claims or anything like that. So we're just, it's just native to our body and it helps ourselves communicate to do what our body's intended to do. Right. And our bodies, every decade of life after you hit puberty, you mm-hmm. start reducing, if I'm not mistaken, the quantity of your own natural re- redox molecules are diminishing by like 10% mm-hmm. every decade, every year 
after Mm -hmm. you um, pass puberty. So the Mm -hmm. older you are, the less redox molecules your body's naturally producing for you. So you need to support your body and give it back that vitality that it had when it was younger to help yourself heal from the the effects of aging even that you can do. And and there's so many other wonderful things you can look on the online. But I personally right now have been able, I'm on 21 days of post-operative post-hip surgery and mm-hmm. I am blowing them away with my management <laughs> of pain using the ASEA Renew 28 gel. That's awesome. I, I rub it all over the muscles that had severe spasms and are just terrible pain in my thigh and my yeah. knee and my hip. That yeah. is effectively keeping me away from Tylenol, ibuprofen, and definitely not taking any narcotics. So That's there's awesome. there's a when, when I fail to do the gel, I'll notice that I will start having a little bit more issues when I'm walking. And then I'm drinking yeah. 10 ounces of the uh, liquid um, instead of just the four ounces a day. Awesome. So I upped it just during my recovery. But I have heard that yeah. people use it for their pets. Some of them people use yes. it for their plants. plants. I mean, it, anything with living organisms, use it. <laughs> yes, yeah. definitely something. And then also <laughs> on America Out Loud, there is so many natural supplements that are out there that mm-hmm. you can look into to do that. Have y'all also looked at a- increasing your quality of life by ch- uh, changing that up as well? Cause I know ASEA does have supplements as well. Do you use well, it? I was, I, I was going to bring that up. So yes, there are the supplements and I do take the supplements, but um, with one of my challenges I've had for the last, actually a little over 10 years too, are some skin challenges I never had growing up being the clear as day. But, um, and so they do have a beautiful, a wonderful skincare line, a wonderful skincare line. So I highly encourage that because it's um, with the redox molecules and, and it's just all natural. So you, you can't, you can't lose with that skincare line they have. And they also have new products with, um, that's called, um, uh, it's the drink. And so they have body, mind and energy and yes. you just put some in the water and uh, cell performance and you can just take those with you. And yes. they're amazing too. Powered by if, Redox. So. If you're a person that lives up in the area where I used to live in Ohio, like right now, I just came mm-hmm. back from a visit. And uh-huh. while there, it was the, the blue skies of Georgia were not there every day. And I remembered, uh-huh. oh yeah, seasonal affective <laughs> disorder is a problem up here. And uh-huh. I had had some people tell me that it really is helpful to try drinking the mood powder drink during uh-huh. the times that you may feel like you have a mood issue going on, or if you need a little bit of pep in your step. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. I'm not sure if you've used it like that, but I have a, a sibling mm-hmm. that, uh, that does use that and mm-hmm. feels like it's very effective. So definitely people give it a try, if, especially if you're going through those gray months and you're looking for something that might actually add a little pep to you, try the mood mm-hmm. and see what you think about that. Try some of the supplements mm-hmm. and see if these things can help add quality of life. But it, on that note, as far as and, go ahead, I was gonna say so. So this is this has been the path that I've been on for four years, and even building a business with, within the last three years, um, just because just of what it is and what it has what it has done, and as well as just you know what they have the research they have been doing now with reoxygen molecules, um, it's, it's been amazing. And then you know. As, and I guess just for other people that have been, you know, through what I went through physically and in any circumstances, when your health is compromised, you know, it's like we are, we are gifted with our minds. You know, we have, we can use our creative minds and I've just, I've used crafts. I use other things to just 
do I need to do to build a business? We can do it. You can do anything you want to in this life for the life that we have in the time that we have it. It's a gift. Live it. <laughs> Live it for what we can. So. Yes, this is the only chance you have at life. Um, and yes. I tell people, your fingerprint has never been here before. It's never going to be here again. It is here for such a time as this. Your life does matter, your experiences and everything that brought Heather to be the person that she is today, you know, whether it be heart surgery, literally having screws um, screwed into her brain, experiencing incredible um, medical problems as a child, and then going into the medical profession and having to be a flu vaccine injury person that the medical community was evidently not even informed enough to say to her, hey, we need to make sure your case gets filed with the with the vaccine adverse event reporting system. So hers never got filed. So she's one of the millions of people that nobody even knows actually had. There's no, there's no study being done to find out why she had a complication with that particular flu vaccine. You can go to openvares.com, open V-A-E-R-E-S, V-A-E-R-S, um, and look up any vaccine. And there's, there's like seven or eight different kinds of flu vaccines that have come out. And you can look up the ones that you've had and see if there has been a connection to something. Did you have a problem that sounds a lot like what she experienced? And did you never even associate it to that vaccine? And if that happened to you within the last three years, you can still get it reported because you do have three years to report a vaccine-related injury. But after that three years, apparently they don't care that it dawned on you 10 years later that all right. that medical decline that you had 10 years ago you know, for mm -hmm. you, it would be great if you could actually go to a site and actually say, well, actually, this is what happened. And I have the medical records to show that my health declined for that mm -hmm. year after that vaccine. And, 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 this, and of course, the vaccine is documented. So sadly, that is the reality. So if you're out there, if you need help knowing how to file a vaccine adverse event report, you can reach out to Nurses Out Loud via our email at americaoutloud.news slash nursesoutloud. There's an email option that you can send questions for myself or if you even have something for Heather that you want to say, we can get it to her. So Heather, it sounded like you were, there was something else you wanted to say before we parted today because I really appreciate you telling your journey. People just don't know that nurses aren't informed. Nurses need to be better at giving informed consent. We all need to pursue being informed ourselves, but that Long before COVID-19, there was an, a need for knowledge about a vaccine that was mandated on the medical profession. Mm -hmm. And it just, and, you know, um, it goes for all medical procedures. You know, the, just the term mandate is, you know, it's, it's, it's what it is. That's what they said. And it's, it's what happened. Um, and, you know, it's, it's been a, a long journey, a learning journey, a growing journey. Um, but again, it's, it's, a, it's a choice. It's a choice. Yes. The answer is always no until you have actually read the data yourself. And mm -hmm. don't be don't be intimidated by whoever it is saying that. And Heather would probably say of herself that I'm not really easily intimidated. But yet, even though she had that medical exemption from her cardiologist with a significant heart history, the, whoever that was in that department thought they could usurp that. And um, we don't want this to be your story. We want you to have a life that's full of health and wellness. And mm -hmm. uh, I, it's such a blessing to meet another person that is another ASEA story, too, that says, <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> that that's part of your, that is part of your wellness now, adding that to Absolutely. your daily routine. So if Absolutely. any other thought you have to share with us before we part. Um, I, I just really appreciate you having me on. I thank you very much, Michelle, for having me on and sharing this um, because here I am 10 years later and, and you know, and then one, one more important aspect that people just, you know, need to see with life is, is the gratitude. And cause it just, it, it makes a difference in everything. Um, cause again, you know, we have our choice of how, how, and what we're going to, how we're going to live. And as it's just challenging and challenging positions that we get put in. Um, but again, uh, it's just one day at a time. Exactly. <laughs> and I just thank you so much for that. I thank yes. you so much for having me on here, Michelle. Thank you. Yes, we found each other through my Instagram <laughs> platform. So I'm so thankful for, so, even though social media has all of its major issues, I am yes. so thankful for so many wonderful people I've met and you're one of those people. So thank you for coming on today and telling thank us your story. We appreciate you. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you. The largest mass exodus of medical professionals happened during the COVID-19 mandate, but long before COVID and long before there was a COVID-19 vaccine, to impose upon the medical community, there were flu vaccines that medical professionals have been led to believe were necessary for them to protect the patients within their care. Perhaps you're an elderly person who thinks, of course, I want these nurses to have gotten their flu vaccine. I don't want the flu. Please remember, nurses who are sick, stay home. They don't bring their viruses with them to their medical facilities. Nurses are more likely to actually get something from a patient than the other way around. Thankfully, there is nasal oral sanitation with 1% iodine that is effective at mitigating not only flu viruses and RSV, but also the COVID virus. Be sure to check out americaoutloud.shop and check out the Cofix iodine nasal and oral cleanse at first sign of a sniffle or cough or a scratchy throat, stop the pathogen in its tracks. If medical facilities could start providing nasal oral sanitation products with iodine for their staff, I bet a good study could be done to show significant reduction in flu and COVID in your patient populations. Courage is rare, as Nurse Jody's book, Rare Courage, reminds us through her journey as a whistleblower. But though it is rare, courage is contagious. You want to catch that contagion. Be sure to tune in to Nurse Jody's show tomorrow and do what you can to make a difference in your community. Let the medical facilities know you do not approve of mandates for any vaccines for any of the medical professionals in your community. Until next week. It's time.